right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Theater Camp, a small movie that's hopefully still out in theaters right now, so you can go see it, put this episode on pause, find out if it's playing, go open Fandango or Adam or whatever theater app it is that you look up movie times in. If it's playing, please go see it because it feels like not enough people are seeing it. And it's also just not out at enough places. It was here at one screen in all of Las Vegas. Go see the movie, but we're going to have a great conversation coming up. Uh, joining me for this one is Randall Forsenell. Uh She is one of a bunch of really awesome people I met at the Nevada Women's Film Festival this summer. And I've got a whole bunch of really awesome guests on the way, all new first-time guests on the show. And uh, me and Randall had a great conversation about theater camp, lots of great puzzle pieces to get into. So that is coming up here in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, on Good Pods, Spotify, Pocket Casts, all the big podcast apps. And we do appreciate it if you are making sure you're subscribed. You can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And I should also mention, uh, this week over on the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, along with some advanced episodes of Piecing It Together that you can get right now, uh, the other podcast that I produce, Awesome Movie Year, just posted this week two brand new bonus episodes that won't be available on the main feed for a while. Uh, they did 1975's Barry Lyndon and Nashville. Uh, I wasn't so hot on Barry Lyndon, to be honest, but Nashville, one of my favorite movies I've seen this year for the first time. Uh, just incredible film, and we had a great conversation about it. Go check it out. It's patreon.com slash Rosen if you're interested in getting some bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and My Music Career. And with that said, let's talk about Theater Camp. All right, this should be a really fun one. We're talking about Theater Camp, and joining me to talk about it is Randall Forsenell. Randall, how are you doing? I am doing so good, especially after watching this movie it was so amazing. I'm so stoked to talk about this. Yeah, I had so much fun with this one. And uh, I actually just guessed it on another podcast, uh, In Session Film. We talked about this same movie and uh, talking about it twice in one week. I'm like realizing wow, so I'm just- I'm not special? How dare oh, you? you are, you're- you are How very special, you, and David? I, I am Too so timing. appreciative of you joining me for this one, seriously. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just so excited to talk about it, and I'm so glad I got to see this one in a theater. Like, it, I, I think I told you uh, when we were first like chatting about what movies to cover um, to have you on the show for. Like, I didn't think this was even going to come here, and then it ended up on one screen, and I'm just. So excited I got to see it. But you know what? Before we get to theater camp, like too deep into it, it is your first time on the show. Why don't you tell my listeners a little about you and what you do? Yeah. So um, it was really cool because I actually met David in person at a film festival in Las Vegas. So I dabble in the film world a little bit um, in, in production and writing. And then um, if you guys wanted to catch me anywhere, it would be on TikTok. I am a video creator. So I make stuff on YouTube and TikTok and do Instagram stuff. And I'll actually be launching my own podcast soon. So overall, just like that 
you know, classic creator girl. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I was watching some of your stuff on TikTok earlier oh, and uh, yeah, well, you know, gotta, I always got to <laughs> check out what my guests are doing. So, you know, hey, you, you, you're doing your thing on there. So, I mean, why not? Why wouldn't we? You know, you know I just want to do whatever I want to do is basically what mm -hmm. it is. And yeah. I want to say whatever I want to say. And yeah. some days that's like talking about books and some days I'm just talking about trash movies I watch and some days I'm complaining about my love life. I don't know. It just is what it is. Yeah. That's that's what the internet is for, right? But uh, let's talk theater camp. Going into this movie, you know, one of the things that I liked so much about it, and this I think will reflect once we start getting into some puzzle pieces, um, this is a movie you could kind of attack from so many different like angles like you know it, it's a summer camp movie it's a theater movie it's a mockumentary it's uh, a platonic friendship movie it's like an art movie uh lgbtq plus movie it, it's it's so many different kinds of things and to me that makes this show a lot of fun because there's just so many different places we could try to find pieces like to talk about for it Absolutely. I completely agree. And even as you're talking about that, I'm just getting so many things popping into my my brain, especially when you talk about that platonic relationship aspect of it. And I think just going off of that, one of the most beautiful things about this film is that there really isn't any kind of romantic element for it because that's not what this is about. It's about right. the love of theater. It's about the love of friendship and finding your community. And it's it's really a, a beautiful story. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think it's it's unique in that way, um, but also, you know, kind of pays tribute, I think, to a lot of awesome things, including Amy Sedaris as the owner of the camp, which uh, I love Amy Sedaris. So any movie that loves Amy Sedaris as much as I do, uh, I'm <laughs> down for that. But uh, let's start getting into some pieces. What do you have for your first puzzle piece here for theater camp? So, okay, actually... I know we actually talked about some of our puzzle pieces earlier, but I have a new puzzle piece that I'm just going to throw at you. And I feel Beautiful. like people are going to be like, what is she talking about? Because we're talking about platonic friendship and also the showbiz aspect of it, I actually really feel like in a way this reminds me of Beaches with Bette Midler. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, and the reason I say that is because you have this... Um, codependent friendship between these two characters that have been friends since childhood who have gone through everything together who are different but the same and who both have a lot of stuff going on in their life and that can be difficult to navigate the world when you have a, a very strong codependent relationship with somebody and you don't know how to break away from that to bravely do your own thing. And sure. I think that was shown really beautifully because it, I think most people can relate to that in a lot of different relationships, whether that's f family or friends or, um, you know, your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whatever it is. Um, and so in, in Beaches, you have this one who's like, I want to be a star and I want to do my thing. And it's it's big and wild and flashy and original. Um, and But at the heart of it, it's that really strong platonic friendship between the two and, and how they support each other through everything. And so that it, it honestly kind of gives me that same vibe. Yeah, no, I, that's a great one. And that kind of friendship is something I feel like everybody, no matter what your experiences are, you you have to have experience something like that at some point so it's like it's really relatable and uh these two uh molly gordon who also co-directed the film uh is rebecca diane and then ben platt who plays amos um i i don't actually know much of ben platt like i know there was a lot of like 
Twitter and all that, making fun of Dear Evan Hansen a couple right. of years ago when that came out. And I never actually ended up seeing that movie. So I like, I don't really, yeah. So I, I don't really like know, maybe he's great because he's great here. And, um, you know, I can only judge him off of that. And I, I think he does a great job here. And it's a really well, fun he's relationship. Also in Pitch Perfect, which is really See, good. I've never seen those movies either, which that kind of actually felt like something that might come up here, actually. No, um, 100%. I think Pitch Perfect is a really good example because it's that same comedic ensemble cast. It's all about, and to be honest, like I don't think going to theater camp is that cringe, but I think, so, you know, mm -hmm. it's society. It wouldn't, then that's something I want to talk about later, but societally theater people or, you know, it's, it's right. kind of, oh, like weirdos, which love, but Pitch Perfect <laughs> is about, people who are doing like acapella in college and they have these like rival acapella groups and it's really cutthroat and difficult to make it into the acapella group and he's in it and he sings in it and it's it's really fun and, and silly and so he's also in the politician which i've never seen but that had mm -hmm. a pretty strong cast too so Sorry, Ben Platt. We haven't seen most of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to uh, catch up on some Platt at some point. I just, I, I just want to say, like, we we kind of uh, talked a little bit before the show, like trying to like figure out exactly, you know, the the format and everything for you since it's your first time on. And look at this, we already have two pieces we hadn't even discussed ahead of time. Like we're <laughs> we're on a like, roll I here. I don't know how to piece anything together. <laughs> Oh, you're killing it. You're killing it. Um, I am going to go in. I had kind of told you in advance when we first booked this that, uh, you know, I'm calling dibs uh, on Wet Hot American Summer as a puzzle piece here. And so that is going to be my first one. Um, this going from the summer camp angle is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but it, these just offbeat weirdo campers, as well as the counselors and teachers being just as oddball as the campers are and really capturing that vibe of what summer camp is like and just how like enclosed and weird and like closed off from the outside world and like it's its own little thing that it's really hard to define but these people are all living it and it's something that Wet Hot American Summer is just so perfect at um, and both movies all kind of build up to this big central show that all of the campers and counselors meet up at and so you get this excuse to get everybody who you've spent little pockets of time with throughout the film off doing their own little side adventures and whatnot uh, they all have to come together for that big show at the end and so you even have that as well. And anytime I can bring up Wet Hot American Summer, I am happy. Oh my gosh, you are so funny. I'm I can't I can't lie to you. I have seen that movie one time. <laughs> oh, you need to see it at least like a hundred more. Ninety more times. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Mm -hmm, <laughs> you need definitely. to watch it at least ninety more times just right now. Yeah. Um, please, 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 as soon as we're done, get in number two. <laughs> oh, okay. But the th the funny thing about that, though, is you had me thinking about that central theme of them all coming together for that show at the end. And the millennial generation, I think, has grown up with this sort of formulaic movie from Disney Channel up until like even just a lot of stuff that was coming out that was sort of like rom-com box office hits that had this formula of like people that have to come together to do something and then they have you know there's some trials and tribulations and then they all come together for that final show we have like step up we have mm. um 
like cheetah girls on Disney Channel. And then the one that <laughs> I wanted to bring up that f- is very similar is Camp Rock from Disney nice. Channel. And listen, Camp Rock is super cringe. But what I what I really loved about this film and why I'm also relating it to Camp Rock is because you have that the the element that it is children who are at this theater camp. Um and the way that the, Okay, pause. Side note. <laughs> the way that they did the comedy of this film feels so old school that they're not being ultra PC, to be honest, which I sure, love. Yeah. I love that's that one they, of the things I love too. Yeah. They really like weren't afraid to make fun of certain things. Um, you know, even like they went a little bit far with some of the like sexualization jokes of like the kids of like, mm. well, I could I could totally believe her as a prostitute. <gasps> Amos. He's like, oh sorry, sex worker. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But like It's funny because in a way, it's kind of poking at our society that we actually are already sexualizing children in ways that like we deem appropriate. But if you say it that way, it's like, how could you say it like that? Like, that's not okay, but we do it all the time. Anyways, because this, it reminds me of Camp Rock. It's like for all of these kids out there who are fun and creative and who want to do something in that space, I actually feel like the major theme of that movie is there's there's this place for you and it's beautiful and it's fun. And it yeah. I feel like it's encouraging for anybody who wants to be in theater or film or something in that creative space or performative space. And Troy specifically, Troy and Glenn their stories to me were so beautiful. I actually really like gravitated to their two stories the most and they were kind of subplots. And I felt like, you know, Troy being somebody in the film who felt like he didn't really belong and he's this outsider who grew up with his mom who's larger than life in this, you know, community. And then you have Glenn who grew up in the community but wasn't really accepted for his talents and wasn't brave enough to put himself out there. And the two of them being this like unlikely friendship I thought was so beautiful. And the way they both blossomed and really came into their own by the end was so beautiful. And it's just once again, that reminder that anybody can find their place in the creative community. And I really hope that it inspires more people to get involved and to not be afraid to put themselves out there, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, we'll talk about Troy a lot more through this conversation, I feel <laughs> like. But um, I just to go back though to that, like having that place, like I've used the word oddball a lot on this podcast already today, and like I'm an oddball who makes music, and you know, like having that place is like so super important for people who want to be involved in any kind of art, whether that's music or theater or you know, whatever it is, filmmaking. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's a really important part of this film. I think going back to Camp Rock, which I've never seen, but I can imagine like what goes down there. I'm actually going to use that, though, just to jump into another puzzle piece that deals with that same theme. And that is School of Rock with Jack Black. Um, Another film that, you know, yes, oddballs, but oddballs who find a place where they belong and where they're able to awaken their love of art like these are movies that love art as much as people like us love art and all the characters are just they just need that chance to really uh engage with it and and really uh develop 
what it is that they you know have to give to the world and that's what this place in theater camp the movie is and uh that's why i i was talking about this also on that in session film podcast like i think that even though it's such a silly little comedy, like there are real stakes here because mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of places for people to, uh, you know, figure these things out for themselves. And a place like the camp and theater camp uh, is, is an important place. And so there are a lot of stakes, even though it's just basically, a, you know, on the surface, a very silly little comedy. A hundred percent. And being somebody who has wanted to act and and write and be in theater and stuff and who's been very afraid my whole life, it's really something like when you don't have that community around you and you don't have a family or a group of friends or certain resources available to you in your community that can help foster that, it really prevents a lot of people from ever trying because to go out on yeah. a stage in front of people or do an audition as a child or a young teen that's a lot of pressure to imagine choking, you know, singing your heart out mm -hmm. and them telling you you're not good and you're not making it. And it's like, you can be in the chorus in the back, you know, it's like <laughs> everybody's got to start somewhere, but it, it's, it's really nerve wracking. And especially if you don't have that support group. And so I think, you know, encouraging more people to do that. And in School of Rock, what I've always loved about that movie, and I've seen that movie a million times, especially when I was a kid is yeah. that similarly to this one, everybody kind of finds their home and their niche. And it's not like, oh, you all have to be singers. You all have to make it like as a drummer. It's like, no, everybody's got their special talent and, and everybody has their part to play in making the show come to life. And I think they did a sure. great job of that in both movies because you've got, what, what is it? Is it Miranda Crossgrove that's in that movie? Was that one of her um, breakout roles? Is that the right person I'm thinking of? Miranda Cosgrove. Yep, Miranda Cosgrove. Okay. Oh, yep. yes. Look at yep. me. Look at me remembering. There okay. You go. So in that movie, she is not really a singer. And he's mm -hmm. like, okay, let's have you stick to your strengths. And she becomes kind of like the agent manager type girl who's sort of telling them what's up and where they're going to go, how they're going to get to like point A, point B, and still very musical and still very involved but no she's not going to be the lead singer whereas right. you know in theater camp you have a similar thing you've got glenn who's leading the production crew and teaching them all about that but is also very talented and then when they actually do the big performance i loved the moments where they zoomed in on all the people who were like moving the sheets and moving all the prop sets around and showing what it takes to put on yeah. a production because Nobody really has a lot of appreciation for that unless you're in it. And even on yeah. a lot of movie sets, you always hear stories about actors and people who don't really seem to care about the crew. And you have nothing if you don't have a great crew. And they are putting in so much time, so much effort, so much sweat equity to make it work and giving giving praise to where it's due with that and also glorifying it because it's fun, I think is really special. And I think both of those movies did a good job with that. Absolutely. I, I love getting into that with all of the uh, the different, all the kids like having their place. And yeah, there's no like small role, like all of those things are all super important for making a production and making a big piece of art like this. So absolutely. Uh, let's go on to another piece. What do you got next? So the one that really the entire time before I even saw the film, which is another um, oh gosh, Christopher Guest. 
Christopher Guest has also mm-hmm. done this movie is Best in Show. Now, granted, oh, yeah. Best in Show has the interview aspect, whereas this one doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's no interviews done in the mockumentary style. Um, but I do feel like it's very similar in the comedy, in the way that it was shot, in um, just... I don't know. He has a certain style, and I'm so drawn to it. I'm so oh, yeah. drawn to this style because it just makes fun of itself in such a good way, and he's really highlighting a really niche industry every time, a really like specific thing that people really care about and are really obsessive mm-hmm. about and does a good job of kind of making fun of it, which actually another puzzle piece that is coming to me as I say that, I don't know if you've ever seen it, is <laughs> the Eurovision Song Contest oh, Ice and yeah. Fire uh, Fire Saga, <laughs> which is also Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell produced Theater right? Camp. He did. Yeah, yeah. God, that man's a genius. He's, He's really so good. good. Um, that movie is so <laughs> yeah. good. If anybody who has not watched it, you have to watch the Eurovision Song Contest. Super campy, like all their original music, same as theater camp. It's got this really unique set of people who are super obsessive with the Eurovision Song Contest. And it's this, you know, they all come together every year. The people who've competed in the past and the people who've won in the past like come together. Um, and it's just a really specific, unique group of people that in their world, everything makes sense and it's they're very immersed right. and everybody outside of it is kind of like, what is happening there, you know? <laughs> and I think it's the same vibe with theater camp. So actually, I think that's my favorite puzzle piece that I've come up with is the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, th- that's a good reminder of that film because like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to talk mockumentaries here. Best in show, a great example. Uh, I have on my list also from Christopher Guest, Waiting for Guffman. Um, but like, I we don't get enough mockumentaries. It's like, it's a really tough to to do, to like really successfully execute genre. Eurovision's a really good example of that, like a recent example that like worked really well. And yeah, that movie is just absolutely ridiculous. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I really liked how you put it though, about how like from the outside looking in, it's like, you know, what are these people doing? But they all believe in what they're doing so much. That could be said for Waiting for Guffman, that could be said for Best in Show, Eurovision as well. Um, you know, an- another thing with the Christopher Guest movies, like the characters are always so weird and in their yeah. own little insular world, but like they're never really quite like making fun of them. Like it- it's always just kind of presenting them as these <laughs> oddballs. I- I'm going to use the word oddball over and over. Like it- it's presenting them as they are and they're they're obsessed with their own little weird things and their, you know, potential delusions of grandeur maybe, but like they're just doing something that they love and they've got these big hopes and dreams and that's really all that there is to it. And that's one of the things that makes his film so great. And best in show is one of my all time favorite movies. So I'm totally glad you brought that one in too. A hundred percent. And I think with, you know, best in show, the reason why it's so similar and obviously how could it not be when he has such a specific style, but you know, the, the eccentric, eccentricity eccentricness i don't know whatever you get what i'm saying how eccentric the um characters Mm. are is it shines in both you know the way that um rebecca diane i my favorite is when she's um 
in in the, the middle of the circle and they're like kind of going around her and she's like moving all bizarre like in eyes closed in her own little world and she does her um channeling of the spirits and her her tarot cards and seances and she speaks in a certain way and it, the, they execute that singing teacher this upstate new york kind of artistic teacher vibe so well in in this mm. film and when you look at best in show every single character has their own like eccentricity is like uh, Jennifer Coolidge, you know, she's this like trophy wife lesbian who's like got her dogs and they like, um, so they, they like do like the, the, oh God, the, the art and the, and the ice sculptures and they're very rich. And you, then you have the other ones who are doing their uh, dog sound like what is it a soundtrack and some sort of yeah. calendar or something they're like filming a calendar for these dogs reminds and... me of my dog album that i just put out actually the pup pups insert plug but uh anyway like, go, stop go on making fun of people in best in show that is my life <laughs> yeah seriously it very much is but uh <laughs> yeah no i i i love that movie so much and yeah all the all those characters are just so like perfectly drawn and there's a lot of improv in this film too so i mean that also kind of like takes it back to the whole mockumentary uh, format. So it, lots of great stuff there between all of those pieces that we kind of just like put together. Um, but I, I'm going to go to another thing here. I, I want to circle back to Troy for a minute. Um, are you a fan of The Righteous Gemstones? I'm going to be honest. I've never seen it. You haven't seen it yet? Okay. Mm -mm. It's, a, it's a show on HBO with Danny McBride. And, okay. Uh, yeah, and it is so unbelievably funny. And Adam Devine plays uh, his younger brother, who's a youth pastor. Uh, his name's Kelvin. And just the lameness and the cringiness and, like, the uh, attempts at, like, slang and corny outfits. So much Troy in what Adam Devine is doing in Righteous Gemstones. Um, it is just the most ridiculous character. But like you said earlier, when you first brought Troy up in this conversation, like Troy's arc in this film is so like sweet oh. because he, he's so goofy, but he is somebody who deep down cares and wants to just do right by his mom's legacy and so even though he doesn't have the best ideas and he's not good at doing any of the things that he's trying to do he's trying and he this is a this is the kind of guy that could go south like really bad you know oh, but he never does never does and i think too you know kind of what we were talking about before about this idea that you know when you go to well, really that theater camp and theater kids and uh, movie people can be kind of weirdos or outcasts or like don't quite fit in. And so they have these little secular um, communities that they belong to where they feel safe. It's like flipped in reverse with Troy where he would be the outsider. He's this more like um, normie, I guess, who's not involved mm -hmm. in anything to do with theater, never understood it. It's not his thing. He's just like an average Joe social media guy. And he is kind of thrown into this situation where he's trying to take care of this camp and help his mom out. And he genuinely loves her and he doesn't want to do bad by her. It's not his, his aim is to mess it up. And yeah, nobody's really accepting of him. You know, not a single person wants to accept him from the beginning. And they're all kind of expecting him to fail and are like yeah. really talking down to him. And I think it's that reversal of 
how a lot of theater kids are probably treated by people right, in school right. and in society. Like, oh, you're weird, you're strange, you're eccentric, like you don't belong here. And so we're flipping it on on its head. And I think it's just such a good example that um, we can all coexist and we can all live in our weirdness and there's places for us all regardless. And we don't have to look down on each other for that. And I think Troy's story is so beautiful. And He's so heartfelt. And there's a scene where he comes into the uh, theater while they're performing. What is, oh God, what's the name of the show? Joan Still or I'm Joan Still? Yeah, it's something like that. Something (laughs) with Joan in the name, but yeah. I think it is Joan Still, actually. I think it's Joan Still. He's watching it and she's singing about her baby Troy. And he's like really... He's really, you know, he, his his mom's like not doing well and we don't know why during the movie, like where she is, if she's dead or, or what happened, we don't know. But he's really connecting to this song and it's really beautiful what they're writing about him. And and then even when he gets up on stage at the end and he's saying his little piece about his mom, they're like, oh, you know, like they, they're starting to accept yeah. him already and he's becoming one with them. And, you know, he's like sitting into his own weirdness and coming into his own personality there and supporting everybody. And it's a good example too. Glenn says you got to meet people at their level. And, you know, if you want to connect with people, you have to get to know them and you have to try and relate to them. And I think that he does such a good job at that without changing who he is. He stays true to who he is and his character, but he tries to still relate to everybody there. And I think he does that very successfully. And he was probably my favorite character, to be honest. I really loved him. That's awesome. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Troy's awesome. But uh, let's go to another piece. Do you got another piece you want to bring up? Well, actually, now that we were talking about that and you were talking about Righteous Gemstones, um, that whole concept of this quirky, not really fitting in and being kind of bizarre and and really um cringe to be honest it's like this mm-hmm. cringe vibe reminds me of another hbo show um silicon valley and i Ooh, feel yeah. like there are so many characters in that series who are like trying to fit in and trying to do their thing and also a very again secular community of people who know what's up who in their world, it all makes sense. But people from the outside are like, what's going on? And Troy's story reminds me of a lot of those characters in that show who are just awkward and weird and, and trying to make it in a, in an industry where they're just a bunch of tech dudes and they don't really vibe with, you know, some of these businessmen or these, these people who have the money, you know, the people who, where the money talks, they're just like the, the guys on the back end or whatever. So it kind of reminded me of that. Have you seen Silicon Valley? Oh, God. Yeah, I love it. And, uh, you know, another way I think that that kind of works really well is like, uh, you know, kind of going back to Troy is like these people who like want really badly to just do well. And like mm-hmm. like in that case, in that case, it's their big like tech idea. They want to, uh, you know, turn it into a success, but they just have no idea how like and they're just kind of you know, the, in their minds are just hopefully going to like fail their way upwards and like make it work. And Troy just has no clue. He's just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what'll stick. And, you know, it definitely feels a lot like how, how those guys just are just trying to keep their head above water at every single moment of every single episode. Well, and like also being taken advantage of because that, you yeah. know, Troy is a little bit naive um, to this mm-hmm. world and he's got a lot of ideas. A lot of it. 
Yeah, he, he's trying his best, but like ultimately not every idea is going to work. And he's hoping that people have his best interest at heart, but they they don't all have his best interest at heart. And he had to learn that the hard way. And I think like in Silicon Valley, that's the thing too. Like you think you got a great deal. You think that it's all going to work out for you. And then somebody just screws you. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Like now what do we do? Now everything I've worked for, right. now I have like everything is up in flames and in shambles. And I've, you know, in his case, in Troy's case, it's like his mom's legacy, which is very obviously mm-hmm. the highest stakes for him because it's co- it's a constant reminder with Joan still being produced. Like they're writing all these <laughs> songs and performing an entire show about her legacy, and he's over here burning it to the ground, you know? So yeah. those are some yeah. pretty like tough stakes for his character to be going through. And I think that that is a constant thing in Silicon Valley is like every time they think they're getting somewhere, everything just falls apart. And it's so like, ugh, just miserable to watch that show sometimes because you're like, please, can something just work out for these guys? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. That is like that show managed to keep that feeling going like the entire run of the whole series. But uh, 100%. Amazing. Amazing. You know what? My final puzzle piece, actually another HBO series. So uh, we'll just keep the HBO thing running here. Uh, It's a show called The Other Two. Have you uh, watched this show? I have not. Oh, it's so good. It did three seasons. It just wrapped up just recently. Um, This is more in line with like the LGBTQ aspect of the film. Um, It it really kind of like leans heavily on uh, that aspect of the entertainment business. And uh, the characters are... It doesn't shy shy away from any of that stuff or the messiness of the uh, entertainment business or maybe the delusional nature of certain aspects of it and how it affects like their own personal relationships too. Also, you were talking about earlier how un-PC this film can be mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, the other two is so far out there. Like Sometimes I just cannot believe they get away with some <laughs> of the stuff they do on that show. Uh, but I, I would definitely recommend it. It's like so freaking funny. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in a last few years but it gets in there from from the entertainment business angle from the lgbtq angle as well and just like these just weird characters who are just so driven to be successful um but are just kind of falling head over ass the whole time just not quite knowing how to get there um but for the most part succeeding by the time we get to the end and so that you know like kind of gets you on that same trajectory even though they're both so messy along the way uh but yeah great show that i definitely recommend and along with uh silicon valley and righteous gemstones i mean hbo series uh a lot of great ones to recommend here. yeah it's funny because actually this uh, movie reminds me of a lot of shows um rather than movies but mm-hmm. ending my final puzzle piece slash pieces um with that sort of dark i don't want to say dark comedy but i just kind of like brutal non-pc comedies mm-hmm. is that show with zach galifianakis the between two ferns and oh, wow, yeah. the, and then um Glee. So they're they're mm-hmm. not really that similar, those two, except for in the way that they're both kind of brutal comedies. And in between two ferns, you know, he'll sit there with some random celebrity guest and he's always very rude to them and he makes them feel really <laughs> bad. And in Glee, there's right. a similar feeling where there's a lot of characters who are so vicious. They're so vicious. And like, it's funny, but also they've gotten in a lot of trouble 
for, you know, at that time it was one thing, but it definitely did not age well. And mm. a lot of the stuff that they've said and the jokes they had would not be okay nowadays. Uh, that being said, though, Glee is about a group of young kids who are all kind of different and, you know, unique in their own ways who come together and they all sing and they all are working their way up to, you know, doing their thing off in performative land. And, um, and it's also this really kind of like dark, vicious comedy style um, that I think theater camp did really well. There's a lot of moments in theater camp where they talk about, you know, um, gosh, I can't remember his name, but I think he was the uh, costume teacher. Um, and he was talking about how Joan said to him, you're not good at singing. You're not a good actor. Um, mm -hmm. you're, like you're not good at anything. However, your skin's glowing and you look amazing. And he's like, you know what? She <laughs> was right. And it's like, just how brutal right. the industry is and like the community is. And you see that a lot in theater camp and you see that with those two as well, where you sit back as the person watching from the outside, like, oh, burn. I would not yeah. want to be on the receiving end of some of these comments, but it's so funny. That, that's so funny. My favorite line in this whole movie is from Clive, uh, the the guy who was in Zoolander. Um, yes. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. Got, yeah. And when he says that, uh, he says to these kids that only 3% yeah. of people make it. That is such a great line because it's so like brutally honest, but so mean and Ugh. like they're kids. Like you don't have to tell them that yet. Well, like, and I think yeah. that's the part of like the viciousness that's so hilarious in this movie is that it's not adults doing that to each other. It's adults doing that to children who are yeah, like yeah. their their hopes and dreams, you know, they're like so excited and you can see like the glow in their eyes. They're just so stoked to do this. And it's like, you're trash, you're nothing, you're never gonna make it, you know? <laughs> Good luck. Oh God, the moment when that poor girl's like doing her performance and then she's like, she's using. And she like gets up on the stage and she's like, you don't use a tear stick. It's like, what's a tear yeah. stick make you cry? And so it's like little things that, you know, you need to feel it and you need to let your character, you know, bring the tears to you. Don't use a tear stick. And it's like every little thing is criticized and it's just, it's, it's beautiful, but it's also really sad. And it's one of those things that if, it's it's true that if you want to be in theater and you want to be in film, you've got to have thick thick skin because yeah, you're going to be constantly criticized no matter what you do. And I'm sure you know, you know, even like with everything you put out and, you know, doing stuff in social media and podcasting, like people are always going to have something to say. And oh, yeah. um, you cannot be in that world if you're not prepared for it, um, especially in a position where you are in the limelight. So I think they, you know, did, did a really good job of, of being harsh, but real. <laughs> yeah. Ba balancing that. Absolutely. It's, it's a difficult thing to balance, but I think they do a really great job of it, but I'm going to read down our list of puzzle pieces here and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. Uh, we talked about beaches, pitch perfect, wet, hot American summer, camp rock, school of rock, uh, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, Eurovision Song Contest, The Righteous Gemstones, Silicon Valley, The Other Two, Between Two Ferns, and Glee. A uh, whole bunch of really fun stuff on this list. Uh, I think we got into a lot of really great stuff here. Do you have any closing thoughts? Anything we didn't quite get into that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to with puzzle pieces here? You know, it's just that the thing, you know, you mentioned early on that you were surprised you even were able to see it in Vegas. and. 
Mm-hmm. Living in LA, it was easier for me to find a theater that had it, but it really genuinely breaks my heart that it's not widely out in theaters right now and that people are have are struggling to to see it. And I really hope that it gets its due on the streaming platforms and really becomes available for people to watch and kind of gets its final like wind I think like once it's on streaming services I really think people are going to see the genius of it because if I'm being honest this was easily one of my favorite movies that I've seen in a long time if not ever um and I really Mm -hmm. loved the Barbie movie and I saw that not long ago and I have to say like this one was very good it was very good so anybody listening to this if you haven't seen it definitely give it a chance you know Wait for it to come on the streaming services. I'm sure it's going to be out of theaters pretty shortly, but it really is uh, a little secret gemstone waiting to be uncovered, and I want more people to know about its brilliance. I agree completely. Uh, I really hope more people check it out. I'm sure, you know, this could end up like a a big cult, you know, classic type thing. So hopefully... Uh, but yeah, I think that does it for Theater Camp. Uh, Randall, is there another movie you watched recently? You just said you watched Barbie recently, but anything else you watched recently you want to recommend to our listeners? Ooh, um, let's see here. I mean, Barbie was so good. Ugh, another movie. God, you know, the, the movie that I watched most recently was the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life, and that's the one oh, that keeps an going anti-recommendation. <laughs> let's go for it. What is it? So the movie is called Beautiful Disaster. <laughs> And mm. this has um, Dylan Sprouse, one of, you know, Zach and Cody, one of the Sprouse brothers. Okay. And I believe it's based off of a book or um, like a Wattpad <laughs> story. <laughs> and um, I've watched many of these just for kicks. Um, so, some people might know the After series. That one has been kind of popular. Amazon does a lot of these. But um I have I don't think I've ever watched a movie that is so unbelievably horrendous that I was laughing the entire time in absolute awe and shock the pacing the like acting the script writing the word choice the uh, like just in general the story that was like it was like two stories that wanted to combat each other they were trying to do too much and so honestly I would die to hear your thoughts or even to watch you live react to that movie because it is so bad i don't even know how it got made (laughs) i feel like i might have to at least like give it a few minutes at this point just to see if it's as bad as you're but you know it sounds terrible just like uh looking at the poster and all that stuff it it looks really bad so um just looking at the poster (laughs) Yeah, that's all I need. I'm like already out. So uh, I'm already out. Yeah, no. Uh, let's not watch Beautiful Disaster. How about that? Uh, Randall, tell people where they can find you rather than Beautiful Disaster uh, and your TikTok and everything else you're up to. Yep. So you can find me on all social media platforms at Randall Forsenel. So that's going to be on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I'm on threads. You can read all of my rambling thoughts that are completely unhinged. <laughs> and then I have a YouTube channel also, Randall Forsenel, just my name. You know, my name in lights, my my, my big name. Just got to keep it as is, you know, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, was so awkward. Yeah, you know it. what I'm saying? Are you, you kidding me? It Randall, was perfect. <laughs> 
this uh, am i talking to troy right now what's happening know. here um, <laughs> yeah literally i was laughing because i'm like me and troy are literally twins i'm over here like vlogging yeah. away i'm like We're the you know same with my person. vlog squad <laughs> beautiful randall uh thank you so much for doing the show hopefully we'll get you back again sometime i would love it thank you so much this has been a blast Do you love rom-coms? Do you wish you could talk about Christmas movies year-round? Then we have the perfect podcast for you, Hallmarkies Podcast. Throughout the year, we cover all things romance, holiday, and Hallmark, including recaps of every Hallmark show, like When Calls the Heart and The Way Home. You can also get loads of bonus content covering shows like Bridgerton, Sweet Magnolias, and, and just like that. We are an all-female group of friends who are passionate for these shows and movies and give our honest opinions as well as gush over what we love so much. But that's not all. Every Monday, there are interviews with all your favorite actors, writers, directors, and more. Check out Hallmarkies Podcasts on all your podcast providers and on YouTube. That's Hallmarkies Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about theater camp. Thanks to Randall for joining me on that one. Check out her TikTok and Instagram and all the places that she is at. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to that and make sure you're subscribed to us. We are, of course, on all the social medias at PiecingPod. I guess I'm not on TikTok. I really don't want to join TikTok. I am technically on TikTok. I just don't really use it. I have been using the Instagram more often lately, though. So uh, follow me there. And, of course, on Twitter and Facebook. And you could join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, You can also check out the Patreon. I told you about that at the top of the show. Uh, I do appreciate you just being out there listening. But if you want to support in that way, I would appreciate it. And uh, there's lots of great content on there right now to check out. So I will actually be releasing an exclusive new album just to the Patreon uh, next week. It is a film score for a horror film that I scored last year called Jacqueline. And uh, I'm not going to put this one out as like an official David Rosen release. It's going to be just on the Patreon. And it's actually like, I'm really proud of it. Um, It's just, you know, I can't release them all or else, you know, my discography is just going to get just too big and there's going to be too many tracks. So I got to like hold some of them back and, you know, one day maybe I'll put everything out, but it, it would be a long time down the road from now. For now, this is just a totally exclusive to the Patreon thing. So that's going to be going up like a track every other day, starting, I think, Friday next week. Um, I still got to iron out those details. But again, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, I do appreciate it. Lots of great content over there. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. I'm rambling about the Patreon. So instead of doing that, let's uh, close this out with a piece of music like I always do. And uh, I brought up the Pup Pups during the episode, so uh, I might as well play a Pup Pup song. And this being a summer camp movie, I don't remember if there was a pool scene, but, uh, you know, if there was, uh, pool goes with summer camp. Um, I'm going to go with a song about our dog swimming in the pool. It's called Wet Dog. It's from the just-released The Pup Pups album, Who Wants Din Din? It's called Wet Dog. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.